This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Time for Mark and Kitchen. Call the show at 401-737-1287. Southern New England Sports Original. 1037. W-E-E-I. You gotta love working down here, Meter, because sometimes when you come in and do a show... The imaging yeah. isn't right. It references a show that no longer exists. And sometimes it gives out the wrong phone number. <laughs> it's always great. The phone number is actually 401-777-1037 if you want to jump in and join us. But um, my wife said something to me last night. And I, I have a feeling you feel the same way, Meter. She goes, aren't you glad you are not? don't have to go to Vegas for Super Bowl week this year? I said, you're nah. damn right I'm glad I don't have to do it. The first time, it was cool as hell. The second time, a little less cool. By the third time you do it, you're like, good Lord, this week kind of sucks. And this is, I think, the most insufferable week on the sports calendar year. There's dead weeks, and we'll have some of them coming up soon. But Super Bowl week is, the coverage just gets nauseating. Yeah, it's by, I guess, probably Wednesday. You have the feeling like, all right, I'm good to go home now. I talked to Pete Shepard, our good friend, who's going there for the Tony Bruno Sports Network. Uh, he does the morning show there now, and uh, he's excited. I mean, Pete, Pete gets jacked about a lot of stuff, but and I get it. It's kind of like, you know, if you're a sports fan, it's one of those things you've always heard about, Radio Row, uh, you know, kind of it's a little bit of an antiquated, antiquated process. Uh, you know, whether it was back in the day, hey, there's Andy Rooney from 60 Minutes, or <laughs> hey, there's Larry King, or hey, look who's walking through the hall, it's Joe Theismann. Uh, you know, as a producer, you, you you had to go track those guys down. Yeah, not uh, the easiest thing to do. Be no, like, Chach used, to, Chach used to complain about it all the time. I don't blame you, uh, but I'm with you. It's insufferable is a good word. I do listen. I mean, I. I the sports fan in me still likes it to an extent. Like I kind of like the hype aspect of it, but if you're living it and you're waking up at 4am in Vegas time, and you, I remember back in the day we drove around Houston, not being able to find the convention center before <laughs> ways. John Dennis was driving by the way. Oh Jesus. Uh, <laughs> at four 30 in the morning, dark 30, as we used to call it. Uh, and you know, people don't want to hear this. Oh, you guys work five hours a day, blah, blah, blah. You, talking football i get it but you know what it's still a grind ben it is a grind and i'll tell you as a host yeah sure you're working five six hours a day as a producer you're working like 10 12 hours a day at the super bowl it's awful it's like okay go book these five guests and now i need you to go string some sound so you're gonna have to go over to a different convention and sit at a table with a bunch of other smelly sports reporters and huddle around and everyone's trying to get their microphone close enough to get two minutes of victor cruz comments like jesus christ it, it was a BC guy. <laughs> no, I know, but that, that's why I used him. And I remember having to specifically do that for Victor Cruz. Um, that's where I met uh, Rachel Nichols, and I was like, yuck. <laughs> Smoke. Per- no, no, no. I wasn't talking about her physically. Personality. Oh, personality. Yeah, the culture surrounding her. Yuck. Let's just leave yes. it at that. Um, one of the, the main major storylines going on this Super Bowl 
or leading up to this Super Bowl is the Kansas City Chiefs and the dynasty that might be. I don't know if you already consider them a dynasty. You can or cannot, whatever the parameters for what you decide as a dynasty is. I think they're if they win this, they're clearly the next dynasty in the NFL. They've they've captured this era of it. And it seems to be bothering a lot of Patriots fans that not only are the Chiefs on the verge or already a dynasty, but that people are already chattering about Patrick Mahomes passing Tom Brady as the greatest quarterback of all time. Do you care if the Chiefs become a dynasty right now? It's not like they're becoming a dynasty at the expense of the Patriots. No, it doesn't bother me at all. Patriot fans, does that really bother you? Like... It does. I've heard a bunch of callers this week. It was insane. They, they, I can understand you hating the Chiefs because they were had a little rivalry with the Patriots for a little while there. I can understand you not loving them, but why are you so mad that they're the next? They're the next dynasty. They're not going to do what you did. They're not going to have a twenty-year stretch where they win six Super Bowl titles. It's just not going to happen. So I don't know why people are so mad about the Chiefs being a dynasty. And I have heard it. I know you're questioning it, but I've heard plenty of callers this week talk about it on both stations complaining about the Chiefs becoming a dynasty. And more so, people challenging the notion that Patrick Mahomes could pass Tom Brady. Everyone goes, well, he's got, what, two? Well, Tom Brady has seven. He's the next guy up. At one point, Tom Brady only had one. Then he had three, and he was challenging Montana. Like, that's how this goes. Give the man his due. Were Chicago Bulls fans, like, burying the Lakers and the Spurs? I mean, this seems like a new phenomenon. Spurs were after the Bulls, but I'm I'm with you, Joe, about it it doesn't, like, that doesn't really get get me that fired up, Ben. Uh, As as a Patriot fan at heart, grew up watching their worst teams of all time, of course you take pride in the fact that they were a dynasty. Yeah, they had a hell of a run. Celtics had a hell of a run. Red Sox had a heck of a run. It, it happens, hopefully, if you're a fan. Talk to a Jets fan and see what they feel. Quick sidebar. And I know you love sidebars. Mm-hmm. Larry David, Bill Simmons podcast. Listen, if you're a Curb fan, if you're a Larry David fan, listen. If you're a Jets fan, listen. Hysterical. It's uh, it's queued up. I have it downloaded on my phone. I'm actually going to listen to that on my way home from the studio today. I have that ready to go. I'm excited uh, for first it. First episode of the last season of Curb airs tomorrow. You know, it does. I don't have HBO anymore. And I honestly, I don't think I watched the last three seasons of Curb. Love the show. Just never ended up finding the time to watch it. That's just a massive fail on my part. Huge fail. Huge fail. I got to come back to us. I got to to catch up on Curb and I got to catch up on It's Always Sunny. I've been slacking. See, that. I've fall, I've, I guess I've failed on that. I've never been an always sunny guy. I like McElhaney from uh, Welcome to Wrexham, but I don't know him from always sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, yeah, you got to watch Curb. You, you have to. It's just, it's just, it's just com- comedic genius at its finest. And Larry David's coming to Fenway April first. I will be there. MGM Grand. MGM Grand. Uh, <laughs> Is but, that a pricey ticket. Yeah, Ben, price is no object for me if you know the right people. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, we did, what was it, last year? We did share a plane together. Yes, we did, which was <laughs> stunning to me. The hilarious part of that was coming back from uh, Fort Lauderdale was, first I like, didn't even recognize you. I was kind of, <laughs> granted, I might have been you know a little bit hungover, but I didn't recognize you, and I'm thinking, I said to my girlfriend, I'm I think I work with him. And then when I came up close, I was like, that's it. That's Ben. <laughs> we I never d- see each other. No, I know. I double-taked. I was like, is that? Hey, it's Meter. 
But I had that same time, the same thing happen to me one time on a plane years ago. I was coming back from North Carolina with my friends, and all of a sudden, Mutt and his wife were on the same flight. I was like, what the hell? Why were you guys in North Carolina? What is going on here? Um, I think your comment was, is anyone working at 103.7 this weekend? Not anymore. <laughs> now you guys are BMing together. Yes. Yes, we are. Yes, yes we are. And I, I appreciate the opportunity to BM with one Ben Kitchen, but... Yeah, the whole the whole phenomenon, Joe Passarelli, of uh, you know being frenzied about oh you know they're the, they're not a dynasty, we are. The Patriots rule and the Patriots dominate, and no one will ever match the Patriots. Relax, appreciate the greatness that is Mahomes. Appreciate the fact that this is a team that lost four out of six. They lost on Christmas Day. Everybody was bashing them, like me, like you. Mm-hmm. Recency bias. They're done. They're finished. They're not going to the Super Bowl. No way Kansas City has a shot. I picked Baltimore, Joe. I had Baltimore and San Francisco. Didn't happen. Whatever. Meter, what's your thoughts on Zay Flowers' performance in the championship game? Horrendous five minutes, Joe. Horrendous. And I love the kid. Love him like a son. But terrible, terrible sequence. And I know he's getting bashed as well he should. A couple cheap shots. That part is he was probably the best player in that game for the Ravens before. Exactly. Yeah. I tweeted that without him, they're nowhere. Their offense was terrible, horrible pass by Lamar Jackson, one of the worst in playoff history. Uh, What a brutal decision he made, forcing that ball in the coverage when you're inside the red zone. Zay's a terrific player. Should be on the Patriots. Have no clue why they didn't draft him. Well, I do know because Belichick doesn't pay attention to anything offensively. He was your guy. They blew it. A lot of teams' guy. They blew it. Uh, but yes, Joe, terrible five minutes for Zay Flowers. Yeah, it, I feel bad because he had a fantastic rookie season, um, and I think he's going to be an excellent, excellent pro over the next five, six, seven years. I think he's really, really talented, really good. Um, that's just a bummer that that's kind of the this season's lasting impression of him, and I think people are going to hold that against him, and they shouldn't because he was. Outside of Lamar Jackson, he was probably their most important offensive player throughout the entirety of the season. What a rookie receiver class. I mean, seriously. And the Patriots have none of them. Nope. None <laughs> of them. Are you surprised that Belichick uh, did not land a job this offseason? Because uh, it seemed like the kind of stars were aligned for him in different ways, whether it was you know the Cowboys, that's an opportunity here. A lot of people talked about the Chargers, even though most of us didn't think that was realistic. Then it was like, oh, well, it's a lock with Atlanta. He's already meeting them. Oh, he's meeting them again. Okay, and that didn't happen. Well, the commanders are still there. Nothing. Are you surprised Belichick, Belichick is without a job, heading at least as of right now, heading into the 2024 season? No, not at all, because that, t- that tells you that NFL owners are paying attention. Uh, and, you know, there's a litany of reasons why he doesn't have a job. Number one, I'm sure in Atlanta, where everybody thought he was going, was frosty relationship with Rich McKay, uh, wanted more control of personnel, probably all control of personnel. Uh, his inability to develop a quarterback the last four or five years, uh, lack of attention to detail on the offensive side of the ball. It's an offensive league. Well-documented. I've said many times on Sunday mornings, you need to hire an offensive coach. They didn't. They hired Gerard Mayo. We'll see how that works out. Uh, there's a reason why last 10 coaches, five Super Bowls, 10 coaches, Ben, play along at home. Mm-hmm. All of them, offensive backgrounds. All of them. Uh, that's that's a little bit of a trend line, wouldn't you say? I would absolutely say that that's definitely the direction the NFL is heading. And I think you you hit the nail on the head in terms of the NFL owners are actually paying attention because I think for years and years and years, they did not really pay attention. They would just hire a name. 
you know, there you could look through how many yeah. how many jobs like Norv Turner got over the years. Offensive mind, I, I get that, but like how many opportunities you get because probably owners were just like, Hey, I I remember when he was with the Cowboys, you know, as the, the OC. The only really true retread hire was Dan Quinn and, and maybe uh Raheem Morris. Uh, yeah, even Raheem Morris being so young, I, I don't even know if I'd qualify, put that in that same category. But yeah, NFL owners are getting smarter. They're paying closer attention to what's going on. And, you know, that, that I think Meter's absolutely right. That's the reason they're not hiring him right now. They're Do listening you, to Meter. He was ahead of the curve with Belichick getting fired as early as before last season, right, John? I was. I was. It, it, Thank you for pointing that out, Joe. I'll put that on my resume. Take a bow, uh, my friend. We've been together for almost three years. Update, update your Indeed page. Yes. <laughs> I'll update my MySpace page. Oh, God. Um, it's uh, Or MyFace, as Belichick used to say. Oh, lame. Um, yeah, you love that. Uh, but I think it's a point where I saw that he wasn't paying attention. Like, he had totally lost his fastball in the personnel department. And I forget which story there's been multitudes of them i know wickersham's story alluded to it a little bit there was one recently i read might have been mark daniels mark mass live one of the ones that recently came out about him not 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 taking anything into account from his scouts and there's this what 30 40 scouts out there supposedly the there was a mass exodus of scouts i heard oh yeah would you blame them first of all they're not paid oh. that much they're they're doing jobs you know they're it's like they're bird dogging talent uh, and if Belichick doesn't take what they're saying into account and he's going into the draft night room and saying, ah, I'm going to throw a dart and I'm going to take Cole Strange. And I'm going to throw a dart and I'm going to take a kicker in the fourth round. Because, Harry. you know, I'm Bill Belichick and yeah, I'm going to throw a dart. It's like, it's a bunch of dart throwing the last couple of years. And, you know, Kraft w- woke up. I'm sure they saw it coming too, but they finally woke up and said, we can't do this anymore. Such a detrimental effect in your team. Football malpractice at its finest. Yeah, it's incredibly frustrating. Uh, you know, to me, the first real clue of that, there were probably other clues that I just didn't realize before, but was the Nikhil Harry thing, where he ignored his scouts and right. just trusted the word of Herm Edwards. And it's like, you got to remember what college coaches are, what, what their function sometimes is, is, is to get those guys to the pros, because if they can get their guy as a first-round pick, it's going to be easier for them to scout. It's going to be easier for them to acquire high school players because they can look at it and be like, hey, this head coach got this wide receiver as a first-round pick in the NFL. Like You have to understand that Like Bill had to understand that going in to a conversation with Herm Edwards. I don't care how close you think you are. And, and that was the last weapon you drafted for Brady when we all know the names uh, instead of Nikhil Harry, the A.J. Browns, the Devos. I'm not, we, we, we were talking about Zay Flowers and the impact he had with Lamar. Imagine if Tom had A.J. Brown or Debo or D.K., Imagine exactly. He never had. I mean, outside of Randy Moss, and this is obviously a chapter and verse on sports radio, never had that superb Hall of Fame caliber receiver to begin with, which is the beauty of Brady. He made everybody so much better. Yeah, and he so, got Randy Moss because Randy Moss was being a man child in Oakland, and the deal for him was incredible. Was a fourth rounder? Yeah, fourth. And they like, got West for a third, I believe. That's insane. Absolutely insane. Um, yeah, it's very frustrating, you know, when we relitigate what happened over the last couple of years. So hopefully now moving forward, we can kind of put a nail in that and stop hammering over what they've done in the past or lack of what they've done in the past um, and start looking forward to what we want them to do as 
as free agency nears as the draft nears. Uh, let's head back to the phone lines. We got Dan in Cranston. What's going on, Dan? How you doing today, buddy? Morning, guys. How you doing, John? Good. I'm just jogging my memory. I'm going back at least twenty years. You'd never remember this. I barely remember it myself. Do you frequent the Stop and Shop in Constituent Road in Framingham? Used to, yeah. Yeah, I'm going back. So, front of the store, I walk by, just passing by. I say, hey, that's Mita. I go, hey, Mita. Took a bow, just kept walking. <laughs> that was funny. He was talking about running into people. But it gets funnier. About two weeks later, I'm at the deli at the same store. I'm looking, I get my ticket. I'm looking down. I see a pair of loafers that look like they're worth more than the car that I was driving at the time. I look up, and there's John Dennis who can't have more of a sense of douchiness around him. Like, just keep looking straight ahead. Don't want to talk to nobody, nothing. It was just, is that the same? Is that, was I right in my assumption of him? Now, Dino's my guy, Dan. Maybe he was having a bad day. <laughs> douchiness is a strong word. Okay, just a more guy, just don't bother me, I guess, is where I wanted to go with it. Small world. Listen, uh, the um this is the part I don't understand about the draft and people's way of line of thinking. I agree with you, John, like every year, you know, let's just use Garrett Wilson as an example. Let's just say Marvin Harrison jr. Pans out. I mean, how much better is he going to be than Garrett Wilson? Not a ton. Garrett Wilson is like a top 10 wide receiver. I, yeah. I think you can put him right in there, but he's being wasted away right now. So if you don't have anybody to throw him the ball, What's the, what difference does it make? You know, I think you could find, you said Nakua, he's a fifth-round pick. I think there'd probably be two or three people drafted this year who will end up being better than Harrison anyways. Because Harrison probably isn't going to go to a good situation no matter, no matter where he gets drafted, you know? So I, I just feel like when you look at the AFC, just look at the quarterbacks between Stroud, Burrow, uh, Allen, obviously Mahomes, these guys are all, you know, what, Mahomes is the oldest at what, 28? I mean, even you get Fields, okay, even if he's good, he still doesn't get you close to the room to be in the park with these guys. And if you, I, if you have a stab to at least get a guy who potentially can put you in the room with these guys in the conversation, at least you have a shot. There's only you have a shot for the next 20 years or 15 to 20 years with these guys playing right now if you don't have a quarterback. You know, it's going to be the same four guys every year in the conversation in the AFC, as long as they're healthy, to be in the Super Bowl. And unless you get in that room, you're screwed. That's the way I see it. Take care. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it, bud. I think, Dan, you're definitely building on what Ben and I were talking about earlier. You've got to go get yourself a quarterback. And you want to to talk Justin Fields? Fine. You want to you want to make that deal that Phil Perry mentioned and a lot of mentioned in in the last couple of days? Go make a deal for for Justin Fields, go go ahead. You'll knock yourself out. But you kind of know what you're getting right now, at least in Justin Fields. You're placing a lot of faith in Alex Van Pelt. You're facing a lot of faith in your personnel department. And I know you're facing a lot of faith in them, a lot of faith in them anyway, with if you draft Jaden Daniels. But I'd rather take my shot with a Daniels, bring him in here, develop him, make, make you want to go bring a back backup quarterback, which you're gonna need anyway. All right, go get go get fill in the blank. Uh you know, uh, a Chase Daniel type, or uh, you, know, you could throw in Mike White type, or those types. They're out there. Go get them just in case you give yourself a safety net. I know Jan- Daniels might get hurt, whatever. 
I'm taking my chances, though, with an uncut gem in Jaden Daniels. Yeah, the one, one thing I would push back on Dan and what he was talking about, like, will he be better than Carey Wilson? Carey Wilson was the 10th overall pick. It's not like he was a 7th rounder. Like, they invested at the top of their draft board for Garrett Wilson. Like, that was... And what does Garrett look like with Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, we don't know. We don't know. That's a good question. That, that's a fair question. We don't know. Uh, what also, it, it also adds, excuse me, Ben, for an drive. It also adds the fact that the Jets are much, they're more talented than you are. And so you're starting with zero foundation on offense. Really yeah. And, zero. And I think that's what, you know, I think fans need to understand that this is a long process. This isn't going to be a quick one, two year turnaround. I feel like this is going to be a five year process before you're back, you know, in that contending category. Maybe it'll take you two years to get back to the playoffs. But if you want to be in that contending category, I'm thinking you're four, five, six years away based on what they have right now, how much they need to go acquire and hit on multiple drafts. And not to mention there's so many teams on the come up, your Houston's. I, I think it's going to be a long time before you break through. Yeah, it, it shouldn't be that way, guys. And I, I know what you're thinking, and that's kind of the fan narrative now if you're a Patriot fan. Oh, it's going to take us a while. You know what? It doesn't have to. You hit on this draft. You hit on the next one. You should be okay to year three. You should make the playoffs. Yeah, you should at least compete to make the playoffs. Like I said, you could spend- year two or three, be a playoff team. But if you want to be in that cat- that final four category, those four best teams in the NFL, I think it's going to take you a little bit, a little bit longer here because it's a matter well, of trusting, you know, we don't know what Mayo is as a head coach either. We well, just... that's the, and that's the problem. That's why, and I know you, you, it's all, oh, he's got to start somewhere. No kidding. Yeah, I understand that. And you're starting off with a guy starting somewhere in a bad situation. That's you, he's not he's not in an advantageous situation. You, you're giving him a, a less than you know a five percent deck. And you want to talk defense with me? You brought it up earlier. You're going to lose some guys on that defense. They're not exactly, you know, Pro Bowl players every year. The guys you're going to lose, but you're going to lose a little bit of what you had last year. And suddenly, Christian Gonzalez is is Ty Law or Mike Haynes or you know the best Patriot corner. You've, you saw him for four games. Like, yeah. That's fine. He's I think he's a good player, but he's not. I wouldn't call Christian Gonzalez a defensive rock building block. I really wouldn't. No. So, yeah, it's yeah, still unknown with him. It, right. So. It's a less than stacked deck for a first year for a first time head coach. You always I was told this once because I said, Well, I gotta start somewhere. And the response was, doesn't have to be here. I was like, damn it, you're <laughs> right. <laughs> but I want it to be here. Doesn't have to be. Um, yeah. Uh let, let's clear the board. We got one last quick quick phone call, jumping back on the Celtics, Bob and Cumberland. Uh welcome to the show, Bob. What do you got? Real quick, because we are up against it. Yes, I'm going to tell you this, that Dan Mazur, um is not Emi Adoka. Emi Adoka might have been able to bring the Celtics to the championship last year with his, he has a backbone, he has a spine. No one else on the Celtics does right now. So that's why they're not going to go very far in the finals. They're not going to make it in the finals. Um, what I want to say is this, the average age for all the Celtics coaches was 88 when they died. All of them won the title in their 30s, and then they lived a long life in prosperous. And um, I don't know that Dan Mazzola is going to be with the Celtics two years from now, let alone next year. So they really have to move on, and, you know, these people have to build some character. They have to get some veteran leadership in. 
Drew Holiday's great. Derek White's great. Al Hoffman's great. But they need more players like that. And, all right. Thanks, and- Bob. Appreciate it, bud. Uh, I don't know what he said about the all these coaches won in their 30s and they died when they were 88 or whatever. I have no idea what he's talking about. I think Doc Rivers was like 45 when he won the title here. So I'm not sure exactly what he's talking about there. <laughs> also, it's uh, are you going to correct him or am I? Uh, Dan Mazzula? Dan related to Joe? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't know who Dan Mazzula Imi? is. Imi Udoka? Imi? Imi. It's Imi. Udoka. Yes. All right. Okay. One final segment. Meter, you've never participated in the producer's lightning round with the producer's question of the day. Never. Possibly the dumbest questions you could ever be asked. That's next on the Morning BM. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 